You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 373, brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Scotty, and with me tonight are... Eddie. And Ben. Tonight, our toys of the week are the NECA Teenage Turtles movie Casey and Raphael, the Funko Rogue Classic Pop Vinyls, and the Mezco 112 Collective Magneto Action Figure. Gentle persons, how are we? Hello. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, you're a Muppet. Okay. Oh, that was a, um, a surprise. Um, so I'm going to start with a funny story. And this is the story of the uh, like tyranny and stupidity of computerized orderings and EB games, um, which is... Uh, like GameStop in the US, and they own Zing Pop Culture, which is um, where we're able to get quite a bit of stuff at the moment, particularly in the Marvel Legends world. And I had originally ordered my uh, Strong Guy Wave as in-store pickup from my lovely local Zing. And I was really impressed because I got a text saying, you know, we're so sorry, context here in Victoria, in uh, Australia, we are locked down stage four at the moment and everything except for supermarkets and chemists is closed. Mm-hmm. So they're open for online shopping, but not, you can't, you can't go in. Um, and we can, we, we have a, uh, 8 p.m. curfew and a, uh, five kilometer radius of travel for anything that's not work or, medical attention um so there's not much and so they very kindly contacted me and said uh your pre-orders are in and we'll convert them to delivery for you know no charge great um so i ordered in one order i ordered the uh strong guy wave of six or seven figures plus the deluxe war machine which is out as well and then today i got my uh click here to uh, confirm your pet pay the, the balance and you know confirm your delivery thing. But I got eight emails. I got an email for each <laughs> item, and I was like, "Oh, holy jilly!" And I was, I was like, "Surely I only have to do this once?" Nope, nope. Had to go through and pay eight times. Uh, and w- to which then my um, <laughs> card company contacted me and said, "There's some suspicious activity on your card." Ah, of and I'm course. like, "No, yeah, no, yeah. that's that's me." <laughs> I just tried, <laughs> um, and the guy and I had a good laugh. People steal your card, and they, so I knew that. And then, I, and then, I, truly, they're going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously? Tonight, yeah, tonight I re- uh, eight your items are on the way. Tracking numbers. Good grace. Good grace. <laughs> and, so, and they're not all going to arrive on the same day, too. So <laughs> oh no! Like, well, Three yeah, one day, four yeah, another. Then there'll be a day without Eddie. Yeah, and then right. not one will arrive the next day, and there'll be like. One of the strong guy pieces will take till next week before it arrives. Yeah, well, and at the moment, because you know of and it's happening, even stuff that is Victoria potentially end up out of state. Yeah. Um, well, it's actually I, it seems to be uh, now. This is just based on hearsay, nothing empirical, but it seems to be if you are shipping in Victoria between two close locations, it's going to take longer than if it comes from interstate. Yeah, um, because a that reason, like the stuff interstate gets sorted and then just gets sent direct to 
the post office in the area. Whereas if it's coming from uh, Victoria to Victoria, it's potentially going to go out of state, get sorted, and then comes back to Victoria to get posted. So it's, yeah, people are having weird. Uh, I have experienced this myself. Yeah. Um, waited two weeks for something that was sent uh, from 15 minutes away from me and online yes. order, and it ended up in South Wales for a week. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and, th- uh, and then I got an email saying your shipment has been delayed, and I was like, "Really? <laughs> I didn't know." Yeah, I, I've got a whole bunch of things out floating around out there at the moment. It's been almost two weeks since I last received a package, um, which, as a toy collector, you know, is 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 a very long time uh, to go. I'm starting to have withdrawals and scratches, but um, I, I have a feeling it's just all going to hit on the one day. It'll just yeah. be one day that I just have to spend yeah. opening up. Some guy's going to, you know, be at your doorstep going, <gasps> here it is. <laughs> um, cool. So that that's my collecting complaint, you know, very first world problem. Well, pe- you know, pandemic collecting camp of the week. Uh, ben, what's been happening with you? What, have you acquired anything besides problems? <laughs> um, well, uh, I- I'm not quite in the same stage of lockdown as you poor people but uh being a natural homebody i don't really feel i need to go anywhere anyway um but I, yeah i also have a collecting uh, story or a, an acquisition story and it uh, is the same establishment that you were talking about and i i have one that's very close to me uh only about two kilometers away so i guess you would call call it my local uh but there's also uh, another that is across the road in a mall uh, from where I work. So it's quite convenient depending on where I am. Uh, I learned my lesson very quickly with the one that's close to my home when I put in a pre-order and I got a notification to say, come and pick it up. And I turned up at the store and the fellow went out the back, was looking everywhere, couldn't find it. And I said, well, there's one on the shelf. Do you want me to just grab that one? (laughs) Oh, no, no, it's here somewhere. So he goes out the back for what felt like about another three hours, and then he came back. He said, oh, look, I just can't find it. Um, just grab that one. I said, so it's probably this one, isn't it? Oh, oh look, just just grab that one. Okay. <laughs> so, so when I did you know, another pre-order, I thought I'll, I'll send it to my local again. And I turned up, and I said, I'm here to pick this up. And he said, I'll just go out the back and get it. And I said, well, there's one on the shelf. I bet you it's that ah. one. Oh, no, no, it'll be out the back. And I said, okay. So off he went. Again, he was gone forever. And he came back. I don't seem to be able to find it. And I said, yes, I know. I'm pretty sure it's that one that's on the shelf. And he, oh, oh yeah, okay. Oh, well, look, look if I find it, you know, such and such. So anyway, I purchased it and left. So third time's the charm. I go down there. I see the item that I've ordered sitting on the shelf. I pick it up off the shelf. I take it up to the counter. And I said, hi, I pre-ordered this. Um, and I got a message to say, come and pick it up. So I'd just like to pay for it. And he said, oh, did someone get that out the back from you for you? And I said, no, it was on the shelf. Oh, well, you've got one at the back. And I said, no, you don't. And he said, um, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, when, we'll, we'll put it away for you if it's a pre-order. And I said, that's great. But I said, nobody ever does. Um, <laughs> you always end up just putting it straight out on the shelf. So he said, oh, 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 well, it was obviously an accident. So, um, yeah, look, there is probably one out the back. And I said, well, I can, I'll bet you $10 there isn't. Uh, and he was sort of, he had a laugh and he just, he just wasn't sort of picking up on it. So he said, oh, look, just, just take that one and, uh, and we'll mark it off as, um, you know, that you've collected it. And I said, that's great. So of course I, I made the decision that I was never going to order from pre-order, uh, and do pick up at that store ever again, because I've just got no idea. And I have done pre-orders at the other store where, uh, near where I work and, and they're spot on every time. As soon 
as I walk yeah. in, they go, Let's oh, you're here, to pick, yeah. they, you're here to pick up your such and such before I've even said who I am or what I'm collecting. So it was with absolute horror that I went to pre-order something the other day and it wouldn't let me choose the the store that is near my work. Yo. And I thought, this is really odd. Maybe it's like some kind of item that you can't collect, like it has to be posted out to you from like their warehouse or I, I couldn't quite work it out. So I contacted a, a friend of mine and said, do you know what's happening with that store? And they said, oh, yeah, they're actually moving. They're moving around the corner, blah, blah, blah. So they're going to be closed for two days. And I said, well, do you know when they open? Well, today's the first day and then tomorrow they finish moving and they'll be back open again the day after that. And I said, well, yeah, I want to pre-order this thing. And, of course, you know, this place doesn't tend to obviously get a huge amount of stock and so things often sell out and I didn't want to delay it. So, of course, I thought, well, you know, is it something that I have to order from their warehouse and they post it? And so I thought, well, I'll try and do click and collect at my, you know, my one that's close to home that I have trouble with. And sure enough, it was an option to select. So just because this store was closed for two days, one of which was <laughs> the day that, you know, that was, was you know, today, as it were, yeah, um, it wouldn't let you I couldn't pre-order something that was due out in three months. So I, I had no choice. So like I thought, I've either got to pay for postage or I've got to choose, you know, the danger store. So I went with the danger store and uh, we shall revisit this story in about three months' time. So. Um, I, I know from chatting to, because the people at my local are a like super friendly, um, really great with the pre-order you know, stuff, etc. Like it's always out the back. And, uh, you know, I, I'm there like, not not too infrequently, so they do know who I am. <laughs> like, um, but I the EB Games um is old and is the GameStop system, and it's old and <laughs> it's it's old and horrible, and they're they're very limited in what they you know what they can do. So I, I get it, you know, like, but it's and I, I'm not complaining about my store at all or their service. It was just the tyranny of you know computer systems and just sitting having to enter my card details eight times. <laughs> um, you know, cho choose it all eight times and then thinking, sure. And I knew, I knew that my card was going to get like, you know, they were going to call me because my bank's really good about that. Um, but then to get eight tracking and I have my stuff sent to a parcel locker and there's only certain amounts. So I'm like, I'm really sorry. Yes. Everyone else that uses that parcel locker, <laughs> and I'm going to be taking up eight slots. <laughs> anyway, Eddie, what about you? Hey. Um, trials, tribulations, acquisitions, pre-orders. Um, have I spoken about the 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 fun that's gone on with NECA? Um, no. During no. all okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, I am, as I'm going to be talking about tonight, a big fan of the NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, line. <laughs> and uh, if you are an action figure collector and have been anywhere near the internet this last <laughs> month. Uh, you might have noticed that uh, there's some opinions going around, uh, particularly in terms of the release of uh, these figures. So uh, in the States, they're exclusive to certain store chains and the stores have been putting them up for uh, internet order, uh, which is uh, seems to be uh, getting hit very hard by bots of people sort of programming computers to... Uh, quickly get in and check out uh, super quick. So sellouts have been happening in under a minute uh, on these items, and that uh, causes people to panic and then take off to their local store. Now, um, 
it doesn't seem like there's large quantities going on in the online store. Like Target isn't necessarily one to think about, oh, we need to put a huge amount here on our online uh, store. It's, it seems to be, you know, low hundreds. Uh, but people are seeing this and it's like, oh, it's sold out completely online. I'm not going to be able to get it here. I got to rush to my store to get it. But stores can take a couple of weeks before product rolls out onto the shelves uh so people are going into their target not finding anything super panicking and then when people are finding it they're buying it up and sticking it online at uh huge ridiculous prices for a couple of weeks and then eventually it starts to hit every store and die down but by that point uh the new release has gone up online and now people are panicking buying metalhead and then the san diego comic-con mutagen tour and so on so uh, there's been built-up fever with uh, NECA already going ahead. Uh, now, for the international fans, they did uh, something which I think is good. Uh, they stuck it up on their website uh, that uh, international fans could come in, uh, purchase the set, and then it just gets shipped out uh, from the NECA store to them. So I got up at uh, 3 a.m. in the morning. Oh, it's like the collector days. Yeah, it, it has been very much like that. It's a horror. Uh, <laughs> so I did my purchase there, and uh, uh, I decided, oh, it's not that long before the U.S. Target store order goes up, and these things have been a bit of a horror show, so I kind of want to see how that goes. So I'm going to stay awake and just keep an eye on Twitter, see what happens. Oh, just to yeah. watch angry people in the Yeah, I, yeah it's okay. sort of like the Maddie Collector days. You do your order, and you go to <laughs> he-man.org yeah. and watch all the feedback. Oh, and, <laughs> I um I kind of like being a uh you know being informed and seeing what's going on uh, in the toy industry. It's and called gloating, Eddie. It's called yeah. Gloating. Uh, so I was uh, watching that, and that ended up being another horror show where it sold out in minutes, and people were freaking out and uh, going crazy. And uh, I noticed that I got an email from the Necker store, and it uh, said that my San Diego Comic Con order had been cancelled uh and hmm. i had a look on twitter and there seemed to be a few people not not too many but a few people who were posting the same thing like oh i just had my order got cancelled that i put in about an hour ago so uh, i quickly jumped back onto the site and uh luckily even though it had sold out fairly quickly when even on the international order it sold out in a couple of minutes but I was able to get one. I jumped back on the site and it was back there available. And when I did it, um, there weren't that many options. I had to get a medium shirt, which would have been uh, fairly tight on me. Uh, but uh, they had all the sizes available. So I was able to get uh, my large shirt and check out through. So it seemed like a lot of people's order got cancelled and uh, put back through. And it seemed to be if you used PayPal, the NECA store had decided that you are a bot and a scalper and because they were trying to crack down oh, on that. Through nice. The other things, pretty much any international order that used PayPal had their order cancelled, uh, which is unfortunate because uh, a lot of international um, collectors, particularly those of us here in Australia, uh, probably got up at 3am, placed your order, were lucky enough to get it, uh, and went back to bed. So you weren't getting that email that you were your order's cancelled until hours and hours later, by which point the stock had moved through once word had gotten around that stock was back up uh, and quick sale. So I was very lucky I stayed up to watch um, <laughs> the other one because I was awake to notice like, oh, yeah, I need to quickly jump back on and go through and place that order. So uh, that, that was a huge 
uh, big thing. There's a lot of back and forth and hit through, but eventually uh, that set started turning up more and more at physical target stores. And now when people are running around looking for Super Shredder and whatnot, they're putting up pictures and you can see that mutagen set uh, there. But uh, then came Super Shredder himself, which uh, was another one they were putting up a special allocation order for uh on a friday but before that friday came it turned up for order at uh pop culture uh which uh is good and they get a lot of the NECA stuff and since that wasn't a san diego one it was sort of expected so i placed my order there uh with pop culture uh and i put out a tweet saying like hey uh looks like uh pop culture's got it in so aussie collectors will be here which will mean there'll be more on the NECA store for our US friends, uh, which got retweeted around a bit. And suddenly pop culture got hit hard by panic buyers uh, from the US. <laughs> and they uh, that thing sold out uh, very quickly once uh, words started going around uh, you did in it. the US. This is I, all I, your fault. Yeah, I think it uh, was actually... Uh, mine because there, there wasn't like it was up a couple of hours before I put the tweet out because someone else was worrying about the numbers that were going to be available. I was like, hey, you, you don't really have to worry about international this time because it's not an exclusive. Like we've got it here available on um, pop culture type thing. And yeah, it went not like I saw YouTubers talking about it like, oh, yeah, this Australian site, pop culture's got it. You can lock it in and bird in the hand, that sort of stuff. Oh, um, and uh, about a week or so later, uh icon which is the distributor here in australia uh notified all the australian stores uh actually and uh for fairness and it gets a little gray here icon does own pop culture as well um but other stores here in australia um had it available but uh icon the distributor said oh actually neck has cancelled our uh shipments uh, order of super shredder so that's now not no longer available uh in australia uh which seems to be something to do like mate neck has gotten a bit oh hang on this is now interfering with our exclusivity rights with walmart now that um it's uh being brought uh people in the u.s are buying from australia and sending it uh which by the way is very stupid at this time if you're buying yeah. something that's going to be released yeah. in australia in november you're not getting that till maybe early january yeah. um if shipping and that stays uh, the way it is uh, at the moment so not only did, was it delayed it's something that's coming out now there but it wasn't going to get here till november but then sending it back out the other way uh was going to be ages so um frankly a lot of those u.s collectors who brought it were probably going to turn around and complain about getting it so late uh, where would anyway, they have taken but, it to when they brought it um they would have taken it to the mail complaints office and been okay like, and yeah so uh luckily i'm gonna cure you if it kills me yeah <laughs> Luckily, uh, NECA did put it up for purchase um, on the, their international NECA store site uh, to make up for this once. Uh, a lot of people were like, hang on, I'm a legit Australian who now has my order cancelled. Um, there was a bit of back and forth between uh, yeah, so Icon there's, and NECA. Yeah, there's like... two different stories that I, when I contacted uh, Pop Culture for it, they said that they had their numbers confirmed uh with NECA like they got the option to put in order they said hey we'd like to order x amount and that NECA came back and said yep that's fine uh and NECA is saying that they uh never confirmed any order uh with Icon 
Uh, so it's uh, it, it's a bit you know either either side type uh, thing. But uh, from from what I've seen in the response and what a flurry it caused in the US collecting community and all that. Um, I would not be shocked at all if it uh, started to affect their exclusivity rights um, that US customers were able to buy it in huge loads. Um, yeah. I mean, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, aren't you? I, I feel like it. I find it really interesting whenever the Funko exclusives um, stuff, which Icon has the Australian distribution rights for, um, happens there. Their site just gets slammed, and I don't. I don't know whether it is. Uh, sorry, the pop culture site. I don't know whether it is truly traffic or their queuing system. But it it it, it can take forever, right? And and people then freak out about it, and a lot of it seems to actually be U.S. collectors. Yeah, so, there, there are a lot of U.S. Uh, pop vinyl collectors that do yeah. use pop culture because that's that guaranteed you've got it bird in the hand type one. Yeah. And with the Australian dollar versus U.S. pricing and that, and it's something pop culture has actually always offered. Like you could have gotten other NECA San Diego Comic Con exclusives uh, yeah. from them from their site and shipped it over. It was just for some reason. I think with the build-up of weeks and weeks of these turtle stuff coming out and being gone immediately and being rare and the panic buying for it, um, that people um, took a chance where it's like, hey, it's here, it's open for pre-order, I can lock it in, know I've got it, rather than try and compete uh, with the NECA store or the Walmart or Target um, exclusive orders. Or And mm-hmm. this I do also understand is there's a large group of people that don't want to be going out into stores uh, at the moment. Um, and heading out through there, which is the other problem with um, all this mass uh, panic buying to see people driving around to all these different targets and all these different Walmarts. And it's like, well, maybe not a good idea to be um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and having so many contacts at this time. Yeah. So I I think we've done a a fairly good run through some of the latest happenings, etc. There's also been some... I guess, you know, consternation uh, amongst Marvel Legends collectors about all of the retailer exclusives, uh, you know, talking on, on the US side to which we can only say welcome to our world. Um, but it is a, I think, and, and there were even, what was it that, that made people go nuts? I can't remember. The um, new G.I. Joe exclusive wave to target was caused. Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. 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 So that, yep. that had the same thing as the NECA one where they had the online launch date and it just sold out in seconds. Um, and that caused people to uh, flock to the stores and buy them up in bulk when they found them. To The thing is, I don't think many stores, I don't think stores got a lot of stock to begin with because I, I saw many screenshots because uh, people get very excited and go there and type in the codes. And from what I understand, online you can even type in the codes to actually see what stock uh, a store has. Uh, and almost everyone that I saw, they usually only got like one case of figures um, and there was, you know, only two Cobra Troopers or something like that. And then the person was checking, 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 arrived when the store opened and there were none. And it's like, but how can there be none? It actually says there's two. Oh, well, you know, one of the staff probably bought them. Yeah. I think the one thing that people maybe don't understand is that if these companies don't give the major retailers in the US some sort of exclusive um, you know, opportunities, it reduces the uh, 
their ability to actually get product in stores. It's a necessary yeah. evil. It's not like um, that that you know Hasbro or someone else is sitting there and going, you know, we could give this to everyone, but ha ha ha, let's just you know, that mm. that that is just not it at all. Um, and particularly like we are now in a post Toys R Us world, and you know, there's not that like we're actually a little bit more spoiled for choice yeah, here. Yeah. Weirdly, in Australia now, where we've got. Um, things like zing and toy worlds and toy mates and toy mate, yeah um that type of thing whereas the us like it's it's target or walmart or amazon like it, that, well, we've got amazon is. too like you know we're, we're actually very um oh, we shouldn't say anything and, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll wreck it but. <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and we've got targets and we don't have walmart's but we've got big no. w's and uh all that yeah we, we we've got it a bit more <laughs> we've weirdly got more toy buying options um then technically the u.s but then if you actually walked into a toy store um a, a toy section of a target you'd be like what the hell is this <laughs> like i see these pictures that people are putting up of their whole necker sections at target and being like oh my one has nothing and it's like well you should come <laughs> check out my one because yeah it's like a half-filled crate of balls maybe yeah. a transformer from <laughs> Two yeah. years ago, years a ago. wall of Jurassic World Gallimimuses and <laughs> oh, and um, Justice League movie Parademons. Yeah, mm. yeah, you guys. <laughs> well, I went into my uh, local toy mate, which I'd largely just given up on because they had this uh, huge fanfare with a, a grand opening and um, the last wave i can't remember which one it was but when i went in the the only wave of marvel legends they had was so old i thought good grief and uh, i was quite surprised i was shopping for my kid's birthday and i thought i'll just go and check there's never anything here but i'll go and check and they had the age of apocalypse wave and i thought oh okay some new stock and you know it's nice to see and out of curiosity i went home and jumped on wikipedia and there's been 24 waves between the age of apocalypse wave and then the previous one that they got <laughs> Uh, but in Venice, that's Marvel Legends, so it's probably like Avengers Endgame that came yeah. out last year. <laughs> but, but what frustrates me is, you know, you get the buyers for these companies going, no one buys this stuff. It's like, well, you know, the lack of consistency doesn't help. It doesn't kind of build up any loyalty either. So, you know, I don't know really yeah. who's to blame here. It, it, it's hard to work, but there, there needs to be degrees of like, well, maybe don't order you know, 500 of this case that uh, every other store is going to get in. Maybe order 250 of that and get 250 of the next case. I think the uh, movie yeah. lines just skew as they order for uh, those and like the best of waves that come out. And they're not necessarily the stuff that lectures are after. No. And then they go, oh, no. Or, and like, you know, the Captain Marvel um, wave, which, you know, was not a, it wasn't the best, you know, the the most sought after wave of figures, and so that hangs around, and then people go. Oh. Um, but I find Toy World's pretty consistent in terms of they don't, you know, they 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 tend to get most waves in, um, and yeah. Well, that that's a bit of a, a roundup of what what's happening here. I think we probably should move on and review Toy. Any, any acquisitions anyone wants to mention that we'd be? I. Stupidly, uh, almost forgot to pre-order the Sentinel. Speaking of Marvel Legends, and I just got it in under the wire this morning. Uh, luckily, it was still <laughs> up uh, for pre-order from uh, the aforementioned Zing, which is uh, where you get it in Australia yep. these days. They hadn't. Uh, What's today? The cutoff. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Was actually okay. the yeah. I I cut off. I think uh, either 
Zing's getting more in or they've got like a little bit of a window before they have like a deal where they send their final numbers to Hasbro to add to the total. So um, I believe that's how it worked with the Barge and Unicron. So I think they, they've got that little bit more of a, they're not a general order that needs to be in at that same time. They'll tally up their total and send it through. So. Yeah, I, th- I think I got it in through the wire, and hopefully they honour it. <laughs> I did. I didn't do click, click and connect. I had it delivered, so um, okay. that that should make it safer that I actually get it. <laughs> oh, very good. I I did get one thing last weekend, which was Diamond um, PVC line, the Poison Ivy, which is really lovely. The green, it's the green version, which isn't my favorite, but it, yeah, I'll, I'll probably I'll put some photos up if not. Really. Um, but the really noteworthy thing about it was was home delivered from Secret Headquarters, my local comic shop, because of course they're they're closed to the public now, but they can do click and collect. But they're doing um, like free home delivery in a certain radius um, for your you know kind of standard orders, etc. So um, I was just you know this has been such a challenging time for you know people in lots of industries particularly obviously hospitality but then this sort of retail and the the work that people have gone to to kind of obviously keep things going but also continue to serve their customers so that was a nice little hello we're not allowed to have anyone in our house but um they have been to my house before but i um but at least to be able to kind of stand on the doorstep and say hello other human that was quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys. Ben, anything for you? Uh, well, I got a wave of Star Wars black from one of the e-tailers that uh, I think a lot of people have lost some faith with. And I was starting to get worried because it shipped a while ago. And But uh, as expected, a couple of months after everybody else, it finally trundled along. So I got the, um, the Dooku and uh, Bly wave of Star Wars black. So yeah, that was nice. Good wave. Very good. Well, I think we'll call that a a banter, and we will take a short break, and now we will review some actual toys. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X heroes by author Peter Kleins. X-Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X-Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, Eddie uh, is a turtle fan, and he is going to review some turtley things, and I see a trench coat, and that's always exciting. Um, you never know what's underneath. So, Eddie, over to you. Open up that trench So, some of the God, greatest I'm weird. Quotes. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> carry on, carry on. He's going to go there. <sighs> so, some of the greatest quotes in human history, maybe things like to be or not to be, uh, I had a dream. Stupid, sexy Flanders. But uh, one of the most quoted lines uh, in my world is cricket. You've got to understand a crumpet to understand cricket. Uh, 
That's uh, a, a, a kindergarten, primary school, high school, even to a Zoom meeting uh, this last week. That line uh, tends to come up uh, a fair bit in my life. And it is, of course, uh, from the 1990 uh, Ninja Turtles movie, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I watched it again uh, just recently. And I'm still impressed in just how good uh, that movie is. It is far better than any comic book movie made in 1990 on an independent film budget uh, should be uh, and is uh, very charming. And uh, it's something that always frustrated me as a kid and a massive Turtles fan. Turtles being one of my main brands that I've collected. It's really the first uh, action figure brand uh, that I collected. And it's um, we didn't really have figures based on that movie. We got some based off Secret of the Ooze and the uh, Superstar uh, Turtles figures from Playmates. But uh, even after that, and they were okay. They, they were really good at the time, but not quite the same moving forward into the era of collectors. And uh, now we are finally getting like proper collector turtles figures. And it's amazing because we're getting a plethora of them for years of just playmates holding onto the line. Uh, we've now got multiple companies releasing fantastic collectible turtle figures from super seven Mondo and, uh, NECA. Mm. And so, uh, they did do a set of the basic turtles. They did the villains and splinter last year. Uh, and this year they're starting to get out a bit more and do a couple of different things. And what I'm talking about is the very first two pack uh, to come out. And it is a Casey Jones and Raphael in disguise uh, from the uh, very early scene. Uh, that is the meeting of these two. Uh, it's probably one of the most iconic scenes uh, in the movie. And obviously Casey Jones uh, is a fan favorite character and he was a heavily requested figure uh, when they started producing this line. Uh, you would find comments of people going, when are you going to make Casey? When are you going to make Casey? So to get these figures out there uh, are just huge fan wants. So very excited to get them. But that was a bit of a problem. For a lot of people, this set is hard to come by. Uh, people are struggling to find it. There is, at the time of recording this, a new order on the NECA store if people want to order it that's going to go back for a factory print and run. Uh, to uh, So you won't get it till uh, late this year, early next year, but you can uh, lock it in. And I can definitely see, out of all the things that have caused a bit of craziness uh, this year in the collector community, this one I can kind of understand because you kind of don't want to have a NECA uh, turtle set without having uh, this Casey Jones. So uh, the packet that it comes in is very I, I say very it's actually not as collector friendly as a lot of the NECA stuff but it is a slide box that you can open up take the pieces out of and put them back in there's no sort of uh window box with the velcro door in front of it it's just a plastic seal but it's got the artwork from the original movie poster of them uh popping out from under the um, manhole cover that has a mysterious turtle arm holding it up that is really uh, complex as your thoughts when you try to work out whose hand that actually is because their arm would be in an unnatural position uh, from where all four of their heads are but uh -huh. uh, and the box the the back uh it's it's kind of a design that looks very reminiscent of the vcr um vhs box tape uh piece 
Uh, and the thing that I absolutely love about uh, NECA with this stuff, most people probably don't even notice it. It's this little printing on the bottom of the box and it's their credits. So uh, the credits uh, for this set go out to director Randy Falk, Sculp, uh, Trevor Zamet, Kyle Windricks, and Trevor Grove, fabrication by Anthony Minichino and Roger Fernandez, paint by John Wardle and Jeffrey Trapp, photography by Stephen Mazarek, and package design by Chris Ramio. So I always love when we get the names of the people who worked uh, on this set because it's uh, I, I love getting a bit of an idea um, of who's out there. And I'm starting to um, get more and more familiar with names like uh, Kyle Windricks. Uh, I know he's done a lot of stuff with the Alien line and uh, that as well. So, yeah, it's uh, been with him a long time. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's like, oh, I, I've loved his work in the past. I, I can uh, He's done some more work here. So uh, very, very enjoyable. And the figures are fantastic. So uh, first off, I'll talk about Raph because he is a fair bit of parts reuse. This is the Raph figure that we have gotten previously, except he now has a big trench coat on. Uh, people uh, probably forget this because it's not a large part of the movie, but he's wearing a backpack when he goes out in the street. So he's got that backpack um, strapped on his back and he's got a fedora. Uh, on his head that is removable. It does. This was really weird. I'd never noticed this in all the years that I'd watched the film until I got this toy, but there is a hole in the back of the fedora that the knot in his bandana sticks through. And I assumed this was something done to sort of stabilize the fedora uh, on his head. And I was like, oh, it's a bit weird of Necker to have like this red bunch of bandana sticking through the back of this fedora to get a good grip on. You'd think they just sculpt the inside of the hat. That's sort of something more um, a younger kid's line or something would do. Uh, but when I watched the movie, he's actually got that hole in the back of his hat that the bandana knot does stick through. So it is an accurate representation um, of a detail. So uh, really well done, whoever was watching the film that closely, because it's only in a couple of minor shots that you really got to look at to see it sticking through there but they've uh, done a fantastic job uh replicating this trench coat uh down to the buttons that's not quite the metzko level of kind of that 112 uh stitching uh but it's not far off either it's it's that kind of in between of the stuff you'd get um in sort of uh, a modern hasbro soft goods line um and metzko 112 it's kind of in that uh mid-grain level there but you can get him in the pose where he's sort of flipping up the side of the jacket and showing the punks uh his side there under his belt he even comes with a finger pointing hand that you can do the finger point to the side uh -uh -uh. um so he's really um and of course the figure i've talked about in the past got my favorite toy i think two years ago now uh in our end of year wrap up the sculpting uh of these guys is absolutely fantastic and uh, really captures the Jim Henson look. Uh, but the other guy is really what makes this set. So uh, Casey Jones. Now, unfortunately, uh, the actor Elias Cote did not give up his likeness rights. So they unfortunately couldn't give us an unmasked Ooh. version of Kate. Now, <laughs> Sorry, they, who's who's the actor? Uh, Elias Cote. Oh, okay. Who, he, he's... 
like if you're IMDb, he's probably been Co- in something you've seen. Oh, but 100%. Yeah, I Elias know that is. Codius? Yeah. Crash, the original, the, the, not, yeah, the, yeah. not the um, L.A. Oscar winning Crash, weird. Um, yeah, Holly Hunt. Hunter. Holly Hunter. Yeah. James Spader, sex movie. Yeah, so um, it, it, he's a working. That's just a right? Yeah, he's a working guy. He looks completely different now if you see him in movies to uh, sort of the young rocker look. Uh, he was rocking in 1990. Now he's more likely to be the bald-headed boss of the office type thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he un- unfortunately um, didn't want to give up his uh, likeness rights to uh, the figure. Now there is rumours that there was a sculpted uh, head, and I think it's even to the point of being Randy Fork actually said, oh, we've got a sculpted Elias Cote here in the office. We just can't use it because of... Um, uh, he, he didn't sign off on it. And that's been lent a lot of credence because there's some brave people out there who, when they get these toys here, they like to crack them open and have a very good look. And uh, mm. if you get flies, you can actually rip the mask off Casey Jones and there is an actual Elias Cote head sculpt underneath The there. AFE just... podcast does not condone the destruction of toys. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, there is a, a Lascote head sculpt underneath this mask that's glued on. It's not well painted at all, uh, but there is one under there. And the head is actually very easily removable. It's easy to see that this toy was designed to have uh, multiple heads, and um, which also does have another use in putting on his golf bag uh, over his shoulder. Um, that's much easier than trying to put it over when he's still got the head on, uh, there, but, uh, the actual work on this figure is fantastic. He's got a little vest on and his little buttons are done in like a nice shiny paint, even though they're tiny, almost smaller than a pinhead dabs. Um, but they're all on there. Um, really well placed. Uh, there's a nice bit of dry brushing going in over the top of the vest. So you get kind of that worn, denim look going on one thing that really freaked me out i don't know if we've ever really gotten this before but he's got tracksuit pants on and the like how we've been getting a lot of jean um detail recently uh he's got that put with tracksuit pants sort of texture uh in the sculpt and they've done a really fantastic job they look like comfy tracksuit pants that uh most people in quarantine will probably be wearing around the house uh at this time so Really fantastic uh, sculpt work that's gone on here. And, of course, the hockey mask is just iconic for Casey Jones here, and they've really captured that uh, and got that really uh, down. So he looks fantastic. Like, to me, these toys look like hot toys that have been shrunk down to... uh, There's even, like, a really light, wet dry brush over his... Um, just at the base of his neck where he's got some chest hairs sculpted in that give them a little bit of a glisten when they catch the right line, but it's not its not like sparkly vampire or anything like that. It's just a couple of them will give you that little shine like body hair would actually do. Just weird little things like that that you would never think of, but just giving that light, clear layer of shine uh, brush over sculpted chest hair just adds that little extra something. Uh, in there which is uh, fantastic and he comes of course as any Casey Jones should kitted out with a whole bunch of uh, sports gear so he has two different hockey sticks he's got the goalkeeper stick and the regular hockey stick he's got two different baseball bats a uh, golf club uh, from the end of the movie that he hits Tatsu with and uh, of course from the famous quote the cricket bat 
Uh, he's also gotten here. So it's actually kind of cool as an Australian to get a cricket bat uh, sculpted in uh, plastic form. You only ever get that with Casey Jones uh, figures. Uh, so, yeah, very, very happy with that. I, I could go on uh, for hours and hours, and I didn't really talk about <laughs> accessories. He comes with the stuff you expect him to come with. He comes with the uh, swap out hands and a slice of pizza and his size. Uh, it, Casey does come with a couple of different hands. They're sort of different gripping hands to hold uh, the hockey sticks and golf clubs because they're different widths and that. He does come with the sort of finger point hands that he does to April at one point, but unfortunately that's a scene where uh, he doesn't have the mask on, so you can't really replicate it, but it is nice to get that sort of very character, iconic character uh, look going uh, with the finger guns. But yeah, absolutely uh, love this set. If you are a Turtles fan, I do highly recommend it uh, if you can get your hands on it. Don't pay the scalpers high price. Uh, I think either play the long game um, or just keep your eyes open. It'll uh, turn up through. Uh, it's about $100 Australian you can uh, track this down for. And, yeah, I do recommend it. I would say uh, nine and a half dollars out of ten, and it's just Ooh. that uh, little drop-off because Elias has decided to be a holdout. But, uh, <laughs> if that had the, the maskless head, this, this set would be perfect. I, I, I wonder if there is such a thing anymore as I, – I could just would imagine that any movie like that that was made – today would you know the likeness rights would be part and parcel because the merchandising is such a yeah deal when you said before at at the start i didn't want to kind of disrupt the 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 flow but that you know playmates uh was the only one making this for quite a while and now there's lots of companies is that a like did playmates have an exclusive license or just no one else was using like license or why do you think that is I believe so. So uh, I believe Playmates, because Playmates have actually made Ninja Turtles figures uh, since the inception of the brand, almost. Uh, Like they actually had the toys pitched to them in the early 80s, and it was them that turned around and said, okay, we're interested, but... Um, we can't just do this off the back of an independent comic book. You're going to have to go get a TV series made mm. um, and then we'll be part of that deal and sign it through. So they they have been there um, since the very beginning. So I believe they do have some degree of exclusivity, even still to this day. Like this is part of the reason NECA can't just release these figures in the US is they have to be released as collector figures they can't be put out in the toy aisle um so NECA has like their target section and it's off in like the video game entertainment section of the store it's not in the toy aisle uh section of the store okay they can't have them be below a certain price point which is why now they're starting to get out into stores for sale they're coming out in two packs like the animated series one's either keep coming out in two packs or they're big deluxe figures like Metalhead or uh, Super Shredder or that because they have to be expensive enough that a kid just can't sort of go up and uh, pick them up uh, and buy them. But it does seem like something happened once the Turtles were sold to Nickelodeon and as things have gone on, I think Nickelodeon have kind of gone like, okay, well, Playmates are good at doing some figures for kids at like this level but they've never really succeeded at going after the collector 
base. They've had a couple of attempts at it, like the um, articulated classic figures and uh, that type of thing. But I think Nickelodeon have like, okay, we need to start going after that uh, collector market and somehow have made deals and uh, work through to uh, get it out there. Because even the, those original like Mirage ones that NECA did years ago, uh, which I believe was before the Nickelodeon sale, but that had very stringent things like that. It had to be a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they were, uh, they've, they've been very uh, lock, locked in and uh, it's still to this day, NECA have to work around and um, get deals with uh, Playmates uh, for this thing. Like there was a bit of confusion even just with Super 7 they're able to use the original Ninja Turtles logo on their packaging, but um, NECA doesn't have the rights to that. And okay. it's, it's theorized that maybe it's because Super 7 have also worked out some sort of extra deal with Playmates. And because they're doing the Playmates toys that Playmates still continuously to this day re-release those classic figures, there's a new set just coming out this year of uh those original figures on uh that card back yet again it seems like every two years those figures get released again by mm. playmates it's their number one seller um yep. that's you know keeping the brand alive and keeping excitement so here you can use that because that will potentially help us make more sales as people get nostalgic for it or something I'm not not too sure about that inner workings but yeah it, it is very interesting the rights to turtles there they're, they're a bit all over the place at the moment, yet everyone's yeah. really handcuffed by them at the same time. Cool. Well, that was really fun. Thank you um, for that. I learned some stuff both on the licensing side and on movies. And uh, come on, Elias, you, you used to be like, all right, good looking. Why don't you let us make some toys of it? And uh, <laughs> Shout out means- to, um, to I, I should just say before, speaking of which, on the positive side, the actress who played uh, April, uh, Judith Hogue, is actually making a documentary about the production of her action figure. So she's getting a really? NECA oh, wow. um, action figure and she's, yeah, got her own YouTube channel and she's teaming up with NECA to do a documentary about from, okay, we've got the deal sorted, it's going to go into the sculpting phase, we're going to take it through. So. Um, obviously, you know, it's good for her and good exposure and whatnot, but as an action figure collector, like that's something we've actually been wanting for a while is give us a good documentary of the full process from concept to, uh, end. So I'm excited for the figure and I'm excited to see, uh, the doco once it's done. Fantastic. Oh, that, that's really interesting. I just followed her on Twitter. Thank you for, for that. And uh, while we do a little bit more research about that, we're going to take a short break. And Ben will come back and talk all things rogue. The signal goes out. The ferocious feline is on the prowl. But Bruce Wayne's custom coop is loaded with surprises. Batman returns. What was that? It's Batman. Captain's But Batman's unstoppable. No, I'm not. Batman strikes back. Batman returns. Bruce Wayne figure included with custom coop. Other figures sold separately. Well, I'm not sure who loves what more. Does Eddie love turtles more or does Ben love Rogue more? Um, maybe after this review, we'll have them fight. That could be fun. Um, but first, we'll let Ben talk about these toys. Go, Ben. Uh, thank you, Mr. Scotty. 
Uh, yes, a bit uh, unusual for me to be talking about Funko Pops. Uh, I think I'll preface this review by saying that I don't actually collect Pops and can't actually recall the last Pop that I bought before these two items. In fact, once I sort of found out how much some of the early Pops were going for, many of the ones that I did have were relocated to new homes via eBay, etc. So uh, I really only have um, about half a dozen uh, now and so it was a bit of an odd uh, thing for me to go out and buy two brand new ones and uh, the reason I did that is because they are both uh, X-Men Rogue um, as people uh, listeners may know uh, she is a favorite of mine and uh, look I'm not one of those people who every time there's a new line of anything I have to go out and get um, you know my favorite character of that particular line otherwise you know you end up with an awful lot of uh, well, you know, probably uh, regretful purchases. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and I mean, look, you know, I'm a big Cap and Thor fan, and it would be pretty easy to go down oh, yeah. that rabbit hole to, yeah. uh, you know, to get everything Cap and everything Thor. Um, but you don't have to worry about that if you're a Rogue fan, because there's surprisingly little merchandise actually around, um, given that she's, uh, well, I think, geez, she probably what 40 years old now so um and i think you know that's probably because marvel push uh captain marvel black widow etc as their sort of go-to females much like dc has wonder woman um and uh, yeah so uh, yeah it's surprisingly i i do have a bit of a rogue shelf and it, it is fairly sparse uh in terms of you know merchandise so i was quite pleased um when funko finally announced that they were doing rogue um a rogue pop uh, and of course wondering why she hadn't actually been done before that um, too because it's a, you know they've been producing x-men pops for quite some time now um, but uh, it was uh, quite the joyous occasion to find out that they were releasing not just one rogue pop they were actually uh, releasing two and uh, the difference between them is one is just called classic uh, sort of rogue classic and she's standing uh, well, you know, such as a pop could stand, I guess. Uh, and the other is Rogue Classic Flying, and she's got a little stand that allows her to be suspended off the ground. Um, so that was quite interesting, like right off the bat to just produce two Rogue figures. Um, not quite sure, you know, what the decision was there. Uh, oddly enough, the numbering is considerably uh, far apart. Um, I think the Flying one is 484 and the regular standing one is 423 so sort of more than 60 uh, apart yet these were actually solicited at the same time and they arrived at the same time so i'm not quite sure you know how the numbering worked um quite like that uh, i'm not going to go into too much detail about the packaging for pops because looking at some of the very early ones uh that i still have um, the packaging hasn't changed at all, and, and I think uh, Funko have actually managed to do something pretty impressive and create, uh, I think, what is you know universally uh, recognisable. Uh, I mean, you can't mistake a pop vinyl for anything else. That um, you know the way the, the 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 box is designed, it stands out from a mile away. Um, I, I think a lot of that too comes from the fact that. You know, they went with this square packaging that allows them to be stacked on mass and, and create walls of pops that are uh, easily visible at any establishment you go to. Um, so I, I pre-ordered these and uh, from the place across from where I work. So I was actually able to successfully go in and pick them up without any staff looking for them. 
um, and and pick them home, pick bring them home. So I mean, you know, look, I won't go into you know all of the bits and pieces. I, I picked these up a couple of you know, a couple of months ago. I think they retail for about eleven US dollars or something like that. Um, obviously, this uh, figure was released with a, a wave of X Men. So there's a bunch of other cool people in there: um, Sabretooth, Mohawk, Storm, Quicksilver, etc. All uh, comic based, which is nice. So. Uh, moving right along, I actually thought at first it was kind of amusing that she was called um, Rogue Classic because I thought Rogue Classic, this is the Jim Lee outfit. I, I would have thought Rogue Classic would have been one of her, you know, black mm. and green outfits like Outback Rogue or, um, you know, the black and green outfit she had from the John Romita Jr. era. Uh, and that's when I actually realised that, you know, the Jim Lee era was over 20 years ago, like 25 years ago. Um, where he designed this sort of pretty uh, iconic look for her with the leather jacket, et cetera, um, and, the, and the headband. And I thought, gosh, it, it has been an awfully long time. So um, this is the look that tends to um, get most representation in, in anything rogue-related. And I think, unfortunately, the next most popular is probably the Savage Land bikini outfit over that sort of classic, um, you know, black and green that she had for quite some time. So, as I said, there are two different pops. Uh, one is her standing in a bit of a ready-to-fight mode, fists up um, kind of thing, and the flying version is, uh, well, I'd say it's the exact same head, um, slightly slightly different. So, um, yeah, that typical sort of flying pose with one knee raised higher than the other, fists up, etc. Um, I mean, a, the good thing about this is she's easily uh, recognisable with the, the way they've done the white in her brown hair and, of course, that green um, headband um, that we know so well. So between that and sort of the yellow and green um, uh, body, you know, she's really quite obvious. So in terms of the sculpt, you know, there's not a, a huge amount obviously going on because it is a Funko Pop. Um, she's got quite the the mop of hair, um, the leather jacket, unfortunately, because the body is just so diminutive, um, you know, the leather jacket can almost easily be missed. It really is tiny the way that they've actually sculpted it. But all the detail you would expect are there. She's got those kind of, um, you know, thigh-high boots that come up past the knee. She's got her uh, her little belt with the X logo on it, um, the yellow gloves, et cetera. So um, everything you'd expect from this particular look is actually present. Um, in terms of the paint, you know, it really, you don't have high expectations for, uh, you know, Funko Pops. I can remember reviewing, uh, I'm not sure which character it was. It was very, very early on in AFB episodes and I was pretty critical of the the paintwork. I think it might have even been the Hulk um, and, you know, there was a lot of overspray and stuff like that and, you um, uh, I was really quite savage in, in terms of the rating that I gave it. But um, happy to say nothing's changed. Um, it's still pretty <laughs> shit. Uh, so um, everything as you would expect. And, I mean, you know, as we review these kinds of items, um, whether it's Funko Pops, whether it's a Hasbro action figure, you, you obviously start to get a bit of a feel for how these figures are assembled, how they're painted, etc. And so you can almost kind of, based on the price point, you can almost – see 
um, or, or, you know, have an idea of what the paint job is going to be like just based on, you know, the assembly of an action figure. So, for example, you know that the head is going to be cast in one particular plastic and then uh, every other colour is actually going to be then painted over that. So in Rogue's case, they've cast her head in the brown plastic and then the white um, skin tone on her face has been painted over that uh, and then they've painted the white um, stripe in her hair. Now, the white stripe um, uh, is really quite significant here. It takes up a lot of her head. I think they've probably got a bit too generous with the amount of white that they've actually done. I mean, it almost looks more white than it does brown. But, you know, I can see where the white goes over onto the flesh. I can see where the flesh goes over onto the brown. Um, you know, it's pretty much everything you would you would expect in terms of that slightly sloppy uh, paint job. Unfortunately, the actual body uh, is actually is not that much different. Um, they have done uh, her body in yellow, and then obviously everything else has been highlighted and painted over. So the green has been sprayed on, and you can see overspray. Uh, and it's not even a clean break between the two colours. You can actually see that uh, the whatever they've used to sort of, um, I guess, mask off when they've sprayed the other colour hasn't been made a really smooth contact with the figure. So you can sort of see that sort of stipled effect that the airbrush does when you um, when you d you know don't have a clean mask um, sort of thing. In fact, actually, it might even be the other way around. I think they might have cast it in green and then painted yellow over. Yeah, now that I'm looking, it is green and the yellow's painted over the top, um, which actually makes it look even worse. So you know, on her gloves, for example, you can still see where some of the green is actually sort of coming through uh, the yellow. So a uh, little bit disappointing in, in terms um, of the paint job. Um, being a pop, obviously her head is absolutely gigantic and being a slender female, her body is very, very small. Um, I haven't actually taken this one out of the box yet, but I'd be really surprised if you could actually get her to stand up. Um, she really, really does look overbalanced. But look, people don't take pops out of the box much, um, kind of defeats the purpose when they've got a nifty little sort of display like this. So the, the Flying Rogue is pretty much, um, as I said, same head. Um, I, I don't know if there's actually separate pieces here or whether the body is entirely one piece. Um, but uh, whoever designed one and, and sculpted it obviously did both at the same time because one's just a slight variation of the other. Um, the little flying base is actually pretty cool and it fits into a standard pop box as well. So um, it's not one of the oversized boxes or anything like that, which is very cool. Um, and, you know, they both have their own stands in a way. Like Rogue does actually have a, a stand, but there's just a little single foot peg. And from what I can tell, just looking at her, um, it doesn't actually look like her feet are particularly even. So <coughs> she might even struggle to stand up using that base. So look, all up, um, it is what it is. It's it's nice to actually uh, get merchandise of your favourite character when, you know, it isn't one of the big guns um, who get merchandise to death. Uh, so it was kind of fun to the point where I'm even considering getting the movie rogue figure that's, um, that's coming out soon. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, it is what it is, and it's fun to, to add to the shelf. My rogue shelf is quite sparse. There's not a lot there. There's obviously, you know, the artifacts figure. I've got a second um, Marvel Legends rogue um, still in the box, uh, despite the fact that it's worth an absolute fortune. That'll sort of stay there. A couple of Bowen statues that I've kept from uh, from before. But, uh, there's, yeah, there's really not a, a lot going around. So yeah, it was a nice little addition to the collection, but, um, you know, obviously being a 
Funko Pop, you know, don't have high expectations for the quality. It's just a, a nice little um, nice little addition there. So, um, look, all up, it is what it is. Funko Pops are everything you would expect. Um, I don't think they ever really exceed expectations. So, you know, Dolly rating, I'd probably give them both about a 7.5 out of 10. And I, I think of the two, I probably lean towards the flying one. Um, I just think it's more uh, in keeping with the the character. The the um, yeah, I, I have both of these as well, and the the flying one I think is pretty cool. I I don't quite understand why they did two of the same, you know, kind of outfit, etc., in different poses. Yeah. you know, like other than oh, it's the Jim Lee. So yeah. um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, look, I mean, it's also the. The outfit that was represented in the animated series, sure. and yes. we know how yep. Gaga fans go over that. So yep. I'm sure they're out there somewhere doing reviews and bleating that uh, the colours aren't accurate to the uh, to the animated series. So please oh, direct dear. your calls to. Wait, uh, that, there's an X Men animated series. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Didn't you know it might be coming back? What? Yeah, they're talking about uh, doing more. Hopefully, way better. Story. I because that that cast was kind of old already at the time. Yeah. Like they were playing like people were like, oh well, they're playing, you know. Oh no, sorry, no, I don't think when... the voice cast. I think they're talking about like the the created it, re- yeah. doing it. I I would much rather see more Wolverine and the X Men. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it uh, was good. I actually really liked um, X Men Evolutions, which I don't know if we'll get more of because that was a deal with Warner Brothers, which is now mm. a whole fishy situation. Mm. But that. That cartoon was actually very solid, um, particularly the later seasons, which got less. But that's where we got X twenty three from, and they had a good apocalypse arc. And maybe if they bring back X Men the animated series, they could finally introduce that villain who's in the opening credits, but <laughs> was, was never seen again. <laughs> cool. Well, we're going to continue with the X Men theme in a moment, but go a little bit more high end. And not just because I'm talking, it's the actual toy. Um, (laughs) But we'll take a short break first and come back. Beware, the mutants seeking Sentinel. Target identified. Mutants apprehended. Want to make sure, big boy? My adamantium claws will get rolled back. I've always had trouble with man. My optic blast will give him trouble. Firing projectile arm. Now, Sentinel, you will be defeated. Sentinel Robot Playset and X-Men Action Figures, each sold separately. And now it is time for our third final, but uh, not any lesser uh, toy of the week. Uh, We have Scotty. Over to you, Scotty. Thank you very much. I uh, probably, as much as Eddie loves Turtles and Ben loves Rogue, I love the Mezco 112 collective <laughs> line i've reviewed a few of them on the show and i'm reviewing tonight the classic magneto which came out i believe like, earlier this year um i've had it for uh, a while but actually have not really had a chance to crack it up and have a proper look at it so nothing like having to choose something to review to finally get to open something and inspect it so if you haven't come across this line this is one twelfth scale, so same as like a Marvel Legends uh, figure in scale, but with 
really detailed um, articulation as well as uh, mixed media costumes. So generally cloth costumes with uh, you know fabric capes, etc., and then a truckload of accessories and hands, not hot toy level hands, but sometimes close. And uh, also the world's most, I think, overdone packaging. <laughs> so these come in a a tray upon tray upon tray upon tray in a in a little little box in a little little house. Now, um, they they used to be have a kind of flap that you could open and see things inside. They've now gone to a cardboard um, cover that you slide the box out of. That's one reduction in uh wasted but then we still get multi-level tray and there you end up with one for different pieces of plastic um to support a second tray that only has the flight stand not the base and the mezco plastic bag and that tray gets not just a tray but it gets a cover so uh, mezco come on our planet is dying i know (laughs) Like it's it's really it's really baffling and consistently that I mean a the plastic bag it makes no sense to me I don't understand like who's going to throw away this packaging why do you need a a Mezco branded uh, Ziploc bag with each purchase for maybe you know some people can't afford anything else so they use that to keep their leftovers I'm not sure um, but I, it it's just crazy it's so wasteful I, it makes me it makes me anyway that I know. Complaining about wastefulness and being a collector um, of <laughs> things that involve lots of package and a garage full of cardboard is kind of ridiculous, but it's just still it's like, guys, come on. Um, but I love the toys. I'm going to keep buying them anyway. These classic quote-unquote Magneto, um, there, there is a white version coming out. Um, Mezco, obviously, once they've gone to the work to do the uh, sculpting and molding for the plastic parts, etc. They're going to make the the most of it, and so you get the various um, versions. I believe that the white costume version is uh, previews exclusive, which is often what happens with the variants, per se. But this is the red and purple um, guy that I, in my head, always called Magneto until I heard someone else say it. And yeah. then I was like... Yeah. No, what? <sighs> No, 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 no. no. I don't know. Yeah. When you, when you read that, when you read magnet, O, what, what, what would in the rest of your experience of language will make you go, Oh, that must be Magneto. Well, I was one of the privileged few, the lucky chosen people who got to grow up with the animated series before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was enlightened to uh, the ways. Thanks sure. to the gospel of X-Men animated. So yes, well, when you read, when you were reading X-Men comics, did you say, you know, back at the, you know, uh, the Xavier Institute, you know, Professor Xavier, <laughs> you, sort of, you know, it's not just, not just Xavier, it's Xavier. Exactly. All those voices are the same. <laughs> I just, you know, Ben's got the, the best comment on this is like, you know, on your fridge, you have magnets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like what? <laughs> oh, new takeaway menu. We got any spare magnets? <laughs> oh, I must admit, I, I I did actually fall into that. I used to read the Adventures of the Submariner, so it took yeah. a long time before I clued into that one. The, the, I I still can't get behind, even though the creators say it's the proper way. But the Ra's al Ghul rather than Ra's al Ghul. 
that that's one like Raish, I I I still have trouble. I I asked Denny O'Neill when I met him what the correct pronunciation was, and he said it's Raish Al Ghul. Yeah, I know, I know that's what that's what he said. I've also <laughs> just, met Neil Adams. That guy's a bit of a dick, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily the creator being the right one. <laughs> and he went how to pronounce it son the earth is expanding there are more important things to talk about well actually the the quote that i got off him that i had to just walk i was laughing so hard of it and this is going to be I, not a lot of payoff because you, you kind of got to know it but uh i was sitting across from him at a breakfast table uh in canada and he was talking to a dc editor and he's like Batman Odyssey is the new Watchmen. And if you've ever picked up any <laughs> Batman Odyssey, it is arguably one of the worst comics ever created. But uh, he saw it as this was his uh, magnum opus. He's, this was going to be the new Watchmen and going to save the comics industry. And yeah, it certainly was as talked about as Watchmen, that's for sure. Yeah. I just anyway. always assumed that Batman Odyssey of a lot of drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put that past it either. He could afford it with uh, twenty five dollars to sign a book or even postcard or something. Like everything at his table was like one quarter the actual product, and then three quarters the massive sign for how much it was going to cost you. Which was... <laughs> okay, before we go any further down that particular rabbit hole, <laughs> we'll get back to Magneto. Um, so, as I said, these come with uh, a bunch of accessories and so i'll just go through the what's in the box first you get your magneto with cloth cloth costume and cape and helmet head is the one that he is packaged with he then comes with an unmasked head and this is your comic book gray hair magneto the he then comes with Two extra sets of hands that don't have accessories attached to them. He's packaged with his fists, and then he's got. It's really kind of interesting. Like the the I, there's the extended power hands, and then the ones that I kind of call arthritis hands because they. I know it's meant to be more like you know him straining to use powers, but it just kind of looks more like oh my joints hurt. Um. So I'm going to call in the arthritis. And uh, then on top of those, so that's three sets of hands total. But then he comes with another three um, hands that are attached to uh, effects. So there are two magnetic effects that actually have got little magnets on the um, side. So I haven't actually tried to stick anything magnetic to them. I would think it would have to be very small for them not to pull the character over. Um, But I'll I'll have a go and, and let you know. Probably never will. And then the other one is a... Uh, effect where he there's actually some weapons, some guns and bullets, etc., that are he's taken away from people, a la every Magneto movie ever. Um, that uh, is actually pretty, cool. and those have hands stuck to them. So then you, it's just another hand that you swap on. Um, the the swap out heads and the hands are all really easy to, and the tray will that. One one of the billion trays you get with this will hold the accessories that you are not. The articulation wise, the there isn't really a standard buck for. 
the Mezco pieces, um, they they obviously being cloth costume, um, you you don't really see a lot of the the plastic there, but the articulation is pretty standard in terms of what we expect from you know th- this scale in terms of uh, shoulder, elbow, wrist, um, chest. Uh, waist, etc. Um, not all of these have got great ankle movement. It really depends on the the costume. This has really just your ball joint. Um, there's there's no kind of uh, oh, actually, there's probably a little bit of side movement, but it's not like full rockers. But what we have here in terms of the mix between the fabric and the plastic is he's got a fabric. Uh, bodysuit that has got some uh, detail through it. Uh, one of the things that that is always a a bit of a feature of these undersuits is a, a bit of geometry on it that shows, uh, I think, a bit more of the the movement or you know what might be the drapery in in the piece as well as uh, some of the I guess structure of um, what it would take to make that sort of costuming reinforced to be protective for the the character as well. So it can be a little bit visually distracting if you're really wanting your pure comic book uh, Magneto. But I actually think that it's one of the things that makes these look more like costumes and less like pajamas the which is something that often when you see with the one six scale comic accurate figures i think where they can fall down a bit it ends up looking baggy or a little bit silly i actually think that the the structure and obviously the style of fabric that they use here makes it look more like a costume um so i'm I'm prepared to kind of let that go he's got a couple of purple decals on the side of that piece that are um, probably a little bit unnecessary. Uh, but then we have sculpted plastic uh, boots and uh, feet, uh, a sculpted plastic belt, the his gloves um, and that go up to the top of his forearms are sculpted plastic, and the top of his cape uh, is a plastic as well that sits then on top of the fabric cape and holds that together and the fabric cape has a um quite like the batman a while ago um which was the i'm blanking uh the sovereign knight or ascending knight i think sovereign is the one that's still coming Asc- ascending knight that has little strips of wire i guess or tape stiff tape on the sides of the cape that allows you to do some posing um highly preferable to some of the earlier pieces that kind of came with little extra frames that you had to try and use to make the cape posing work and that were really impossible to work with i love this tape great i don't i don't and and i feel like it's it's a wire piece that isn't gonna kind of wear out over time so if you get a nice pose you're probably to keep it um, the purple fabric on his cape is, is gathered at the shoulders underneath the plastic piece, and that then gives it a little bit of just natural drapery, um, which is really nice. So sometimes with these fabric capes, it can be hard to kind of make them look not goofy, but they've done a really nice job here, both in terms of the structure of it, but then also giving it this posing wire that gives you the ability to articulate. 
Something that I normally never bother with with these figures is the flight stand or the the, the extra part of the stand. They they always come with bases that are have got a, a character emblem on it. Thankfully, no name. Um, but the this one is one where I, I think that in the display because I'm slowly getting these guys onto to shells. Um, this is someone who I think should be flying, particularly with cool effects, etc. And so I thought I would give the Mezco uh, flying stand a road test, which I normally never fuss with. And I have to say, I actually good. I, I've always been a little bit sus about these because they've got quite a long bend in them, and so it feels it felt like they would take up a lot of extra space. But actually, because there's two, uh, well, the, there's three joints in it the the first one being the one that attaches to the base but it's because there are there's a um, two longer pieces of translucent plastic in the flight stand um and then a short that have got a joint in the middle and then a shorter piece at the top it actually gives you quite a number of height options and also then you know posing options and so what that means is that you could actually get a more of a running you know pose etc without taking up heaps of extra room but then you've got a few different levels of flying poses and to me the you know, kind of magneto levitating with his effects going arms outstretched um is the is the go i i think for uh convention's sake he's probably gonna he'll be posed with the helmet i have to say though i really actually like the unmasked head the the sculpts on these are both really good uh, the mast head and i don't know if this is me putting that in there but it, it just feels like it's got a little bit of a ian mckellen vibe um to it but then the unmasked head just feels more you know comic accurate in that sense so th this is super fun it is something that uh you know, magneto isn't kind of one of my you know must have um characters but he's obviously a really essential um x-men anti-hero you know nah, villain nah. or it depends on who's writing him and this is probably one of the the nicest magneto pieces that i've ever owned and i i think that the combination of the articulated cape the really groovy um effect options and then the flying stand which is a lot better than what i thought it was going from looking at them each time they they come um i'm actually pretty oh, cool so cool. i i can't really fault you know i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna ding the dolly rating for the the packaging I, I really do feel like that the the extra the extra tray already and then having it on it is super silly um probably need to write on that <laughs> so, it's come on. i mean i can't i can't believe from just a cost saving point of view that that they haven't gone you know what this, this is costing us yeah, money we really should yeah. you know get rid of it but it's just so um i, I think we've had that conversation many times about uh, on any number of lines like marvel select continue oh to annoy me and as we've said the the only reason they must do it is to have presence uh on the shelf and and, and take up space and be and be visible um, but you know, there's a, a bunch of people that actually have to give that the thumbs up before it heads out the door, and they're obviously more than happy to to do that, even if it means. And, and uh, not just you know creative thumbs up, but the bean counter thumbs up. Mm, mm. Yeah, like, yeah so. it's, a, it's a strange. Do you want choice. to know something sacrilegious? I'm I'm starting to get even just fed up with um, like Marvel Legends and Star Wars black slide box packaging for lines. There's a package ripper. 
the lines that I get a lot of figures of a year, particularly Marvel Legends and Black Series, having those boxes with the insert trays Mm -hmm. and all the extra pieces. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, this is such a bugger to cut up and (laughs) chuck in the recycle bin and sort and crash the plastic tray down in. And I sort of miss the day of just like, and all like now you got to get like your scissors or exacto knife out and find the three different pieces of tape that have the lid taped down before I can slide it off. And because it's a box that's designed on an angle, I can't slide it off that side. I got to go from this side and it's still going to, you know, struggle to vomp out and it's all right for one. But when you get like a couple of waves or something and you spend like an afternoon just sitting there cutting things yeah, over. So like, I kind of want to go back to the, uh, the blister card days of just like rip open rip and it all. And all they all stack fine and then yeah. <laughs> well, I mean the good days you'd throw you know back then you'd throw the blister away and then you'd keep the card yeah. because it was uh, you know it was a fun and informative sort of thing but now they've all just got that generic back on them and when the um the when Hasbro first no that's not true when they relaunched Marvel Legends the first few waves were blister cards weren't they yeah so the Terex and the yeah Zola um hit monkey all that area yeah. yeah that was all mm. blister cards it was yeah. until can't remember which was first it was either spider-man amazing spider-man 2 with electro or winter soldier were the first ones to come in the sort of modern packaging mm. which even then was like 2014 early 2014 so like uh, it was the that, father wave that was one that was like that yeah, yeah that was yeah. that was an early one too but that was a little bit after the other ones that that was like three or so months that might have been the first sort of co- fully comic book wave one that came in that packaging okay so it was also guardians of the galaxy oh no the first all comic book one would have been the um uh jubilee wave um but yeah mm. they, on the Marvel Select side, I think that they're probably, I don't think I've said this before, they're probably stuck now because they've had such consistent, they've had such consistent packaging for so long that they would uh, tick off a certain base if they changed it. Because there are, I, I notice often people, they, they seem to have a lot of collectors that don't, that are not openers. And that's how they display or, or store them. I don't and, know how, why you would do that. What, you can hang six on a wall? And then you're done. Well, they're stacked. There. No, it's I. I don't know, but I just like it. I, well, I, we can see always... how the uh, the the Star Wars guys react because that new Black Series <laughs> box has just uh, just come out. So it's pretty pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems to me it's like well, this just looks like a Marvel Legend now. Mm-hmm. Hey, this, this is going to be harder to tell apart. I'm going to get excited going into a big W. Well, I mean, they're, like, oh. they're almost square instead of the rectangle, and I'm, you know they had a pretty consistent kind of run there with. Marvel Legends, Star Wars Black, and and the new GI Joe Classified being all variations of the same thing. So, uh, so we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, that is my review, and that's also what we don't. I, I haven't organised feedback, guys. I'm really oh, sorry. I, I've got a little bit of something uh, before we go um, okay. that does uh, fit in uh, a little bit with tonight's theme, considering okay. uh, two out of three were X Men. I uh, was fortunate enough to be invited on Australia's best uh, movie podcast, Chatflix, and got to talk to Bruce about uh, the 2000 uh, X-Men movie. Uh, In particular, a little segment that I popped on for, uh, we looked at the 
uh, Toy Biz uh, X-Men figures that came out in 2000 that uh, in a lot of ways yeah, were the cool. precursor. Uh, for Marvel Legends. So that was mm. a, a great little discussion, uh, as well as uh, Jared and Luch uh, also talking about the, the main film itself. So uh, if you are looking for something extra to listen to during uh, this uh, lockdown or quarantine or whatnot, uh, jump over to Chatflix and listen to their X-Men episode. Sweet. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, gentlemen, this has been a great pleasure. And... I am uh, looking forward to hopefully getting back into some sort of routine of doing this with greater regularity, and <laughs> that would be really good. You would think in a pandemic you'd have more time, right? But it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truth. But still fun. Indeed. 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 Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. If you would like to communicate with us, you can just you know go outside and yell or. You could uh, send us an email at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can tweet at us at AFBlues. We are on Instagram, Action Figure Blues, and on Facebook, we have a page, but also an Action Figure Blues collector community, which is a great group of people who share customs and purchases and uh, comments and all kinds of things, and we would love to have you there as well. And so if you want to chat to us before the next show, that's how you should do it. And with that, gentlemen, I say thank you and good night. Good journey. Catch you next time. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mark's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 